everybody. Hey, we're at the comics table. We're back at the comics table. It is a three foot by six foot table folding in the center of a rehearsal studio in Midtown Manhattan, baby. I'm iced sweet tea. And I'm sweet pea. It is so fucking cold up in here. It's very cold. The air conditioning's on. The building manager said he'd turn it off, but he oh. lied. Sweet pea, sweet pea's getting upset. You don't. My wanna... nips are just really. They could cut glass. Cutting glass. They could slice Cutting a glass. piece of cake. Oh yeah. I could. Uh, I could butter a roll with these nips. I could probably produce milk from these nips, churn it into butter, and then spread the butter with the nips. I don't know that that sounds very appetizing. Speaking of not appetizing, what were we just doing together, bro? Taking a shit. <laughs> Me and Tristan just reached new levels of friendship partnership professional working relationship in the ripley greer studios 10th floor double stall bathroom in the men's room that's right and uh, i gotta say uh it wasn't bad it wasn't bad in there i didn't really i wasn't affected by it was warmer it was warmer in there yeah it was much warmer than this frigid nipple squeezing studio <laughs> but yeah you were in there really shredding them uh <laughs> Shredding ass, <laughs> shredding that that dingleberry, and uh, you know what? I'm not really comfortable uh, generally in bathrooms in any way. I don't like people to even acknowledge or know that I use a bathroom like a human being. Yeah, well, and I came in guns blazing, just chatting just up, talking yeah. about our last guest. We're doing a double header tonight. This is a second pot of the night that we're recording. Shh, don't don't ruin. You, you, see, I, I feel like a lot of people are just being transparent about that now on podcasts. They just admit to. They the, just admit like all their flaws. Yeah. So anyway, maybe this is the second one we're doing tonight, and uh, we had some time to kill, so we took a dump together. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I, I actually feel like it was a good team building exercise. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, I, it was like a trust fall. Right. Like it was a trust dump. Trust dump. Like yeah. I trusted that you wouldn't ever tell anybody about it. And now here we are. Telling. You know, now we've, you know, uh, one thing we were discussing was the, the real pressing issue of, Taking wipes or not? See, I I'm a I'm a I'm a believer in wipes. I know? am too. I used to wipe, and I don't use the wipes because I think they fuck up the environment. But I do use a fluid that uh, I, I've got a little bottle of in my backpack. That at most sounds time. weird. It is very weird. This is a homemade bidet. bidet? Is that what this it's is? It's a homemade fluid that is a soap. Uh, it's a soap like a rinse-free soap that you can really just clean your whistle with. Oh boy, this is too much information to get the to get get it started with. Is it weird? It's a little weird. What's the difference though? I, I, what I do is actually better for the environment than mm. using a wipe. That's okay. That's and I think you know wipes are now mass marketed by what is that Harry's? Well, they say on them that they're you know there's flushable varieties, right? That's a lie though. They say all the scientists say that flushables what aren't scientists. What scientists? Sci are, dude, that's marketers. What scientists are covering wipes? I like, saw it on the news. I saw it on the news. It's like, well, you know, I was going to try to cure cancer. Answer, but I thought I would look into the whole wipe ep epidemic. It is an instead. epidemic. It ruins entire countries. And cities. I think those countries need better sewer systems. That's what I, I think. mean. Rome invented the the Romans invented the sewer system and, and cobblestone streets. And those those systems could handle wipes. You know, back no, in the Roman no, day. because they don't even want you to flush your toy, toilet paper. What did they there? do back in the Roman days? They just squirt olive oil up their bunghole and. Well, no, I think what they would do is what they would wait for their young boyfriends because all the Romans had, or is that the Greeks? I think uh, it was both. 
Yeah, they all had young boyfriends, and they would just they would just have a lot of a lot of a lot of sex, and it would remove. That doesn't sound. Uh, that doesn't sound like sound researched. Um, I'm I'm yeah. guessing this. Yeah. I mean, I'm just basing this on my. This podcast is a lot of toilet humor now. You know, that's kind of where. Well, we're, now we're talking we're, about sex, uh, right? Toilet sex humor, uh, all the things that you don't want to actually make jokes about. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we've got a huge guest on. Uh, he's on his way up from a from a spot at the Comedy Cellar, so he's a real comedian. Uh, <laughs> We've had lots of real comedians at various stages of their careers, and we're fired up for this guest. You're gonna love him when he comes. Yeah, in but here. most of the most of the stages of the career so far have been like the not having a career yet, right? Or just like pre-career, pre-career, pre-career. I've got a pre-career on the bottom of my right big toe. It's this weird scaly thing that I've You're got to rip very, off. Very, very personal about your your <laughs> your body right now. <laughs> Patrick's really sharing it all about his body today. I think because uh, I'm cold, I'm I'm pre-hypothermic here, so I'm just telling yeah. the truth. You're just talking about squirting things up your butt and uh, toe problems. I don't squirt it up the butt. Uh, it's just more a squirt it onto the paper, mm-hmm. onto a wad of paper, uh-huh. TP. Yeah. And then you just... Did you do that today? No. Okay. I didn't bring my butt stuff in there. <laughs> That's what I call it. I call it my butt stuff. <laughs> like, eh, I'm doing a lot of butt stuff these days. I mean, that's not a lie either. Yeah. Mom, That's how great. are you? Happy birthday. It's your birthday, Happy Mom. Happy birthday, September, Mama. September 24th. Uh, I don't think she knows how to listen to a podcast. Uh, well, isn't she? Like, you keep claiming that she's like she the has sole, an iPad. The she's listener. Here's the thing. She's on her second iPad. She's doing photography with her iPad at events. You know, she's the lady holding up the iPad, oh, taking pictures. I just want some, I want to see people. I want to like the iPads to get phone functionality, so people will just be holding it against their head. I used to do a bit like that, like that, where uh, I would say, uh, I saw that Chris Christie uses the same phone as me. He was on a on the New York Times on the phone, but then I took a closer look, and he was actually on an iPad. Mm. Right, he has an iPhone too. He's like me. He he was on an iPhone. I looked closer. It was an iPad. It's a fat joke. It was an i. It was an iPad. It was an iPad. It was an iPad. It's all about inflection, you know? Yeah. That's what we learned on last week's episode. We don't do this by weeks. No. We do this we, by... Very like, sporadically. We do this by quarters. You know what I noticed? <laughs> Quarterly releases. Uh, our last recording session, we had Matt Marin on, and his birthday passed the other day. And uh, the Matt Marin episode was... I think we recorded it... In like April. Was it? Was it after I was married? I don't even know. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was because maybe we did talk about my wedding. Anyway, we've just taken a break and we all need a break sometimes. Sure. You know, like yeah. people are freaking out every day. I, go, I walk into a comedy club and these people are just like, where's the where's the podcast? Right. Which is not true. Nobody no, gives a nobody fuck cares. about this podcast. But, you know. I'm I've not, been using we this don't as need my to, credit, by the way. We don't need to be precious. I don't have any TV credits. That's fine. This is a good podcast. People are like, uh, what's, uh, yeah, just tell them I'm the host of the, the comics table. This is a good podcast. And everyone's like, ooh, I can't believe you're going to see that guy that I've never, of a thing I've never heard of. Yeah, in some places, they don't even know what a podcast is. No. Uh, this is a good what podcast. Place is that where they don't know where podcast is. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, um, uh, Jefferson County, New York, probably has towns where people don't know what a podcast is. Uh, Tristan's dropping jewelry on the floor. He's digging around under the cables, under the tables. The tables. <sighs> There's my. I dropped. I dropped my cables under cross. the tables. All right, I got a text message coming in. Oh, here we go. This is where uh, it gets exciting. 
like once we were reading off text messages. He says, just got the 34th, so uh, he's still a couple minutes away. Uh... This is a good, what, what, what I want to get to. What I want to get to saying is, where do you want to get to say? What do you want to get to? I just want to say this is a good podcast. We're good at what we do. It's just hard to be consistent because we're busy people, and uh, it's such a good podcast that we deserve a break. Sounds like you're doing a lot of splaining there, Patrick. I'm mansplaining our laziness. Yeah, you are. You know, we are working on our uh, dividing and conquering. I keep half-assing the editing on these things. I send the file to you, and then you've got to deal with posting it. Mm-hmm. And we'll work that stuff out. Guys, this is the exciting ins and outs of Maybe we running get an a intern. podcast. Who could be an intern? Maybe Who we get Matteo Pascale to be an intern oh for us. Oh, my gosh. He's, he puts stuff on the internet. Attention to detail. He puts stuff on the internet. He's like an anarchist. That's what you want in an intern. It's like, hey, that guy puts stuff on the internet like <laughs> everyone else that uses the internet ever. <laughs> Uh, who who are some other options? Maybe Eduardo, the bartender from Climate. Maybe he would be our podcast I don't producer. Think, I don't think this is. I don't think this would be his bag. You know what? Here's the thing: is we say we want an intern. I say it. You you haven't even said it. But I say we want an intern. Really, we want a producer who will just do everything for us. Is that what we want? Do we want that? I do. No. Yeah. I want to deal with this podcast when I get here and we record it, and then I don't want to ever think about it again. Yeah, I know that about you. well and that's why we don't always put these out like as frequently as we could because i end up being the person that that um, edits them and you've got a life and i've got a well and also i'm just a heavy procrastinator yeah guys if you're a heavy procrastinator out there and you want to call in call in call in right now um number is 1-800 i'll do it later roger wilco 842 Mm -hmm. so that's once again that's roger wilco Mm -hmm. 842 actually wasn't our system just for them to Throw a paper airplane out the window. Is this a is this a catch twenty two reference? What's that? Or a mash reference? Well, you know, telephone numbers used to be uh, like letters and numbers. They weren't like seven digits like they are today. Man, that is nutty, huh? That's crazy town. That's like pre. That was before my grandma, AOL. My grandma, when she grew up, she lived in a small town in New Jersey, and uh, people would just uh, you know you'd call up the operator. Tell him, hey, I'm going to be at George's house. Switchboard. Switchboard. Yeah. If anybody calls my house, just pass it over to George. Yeah, that is insane. And also, like, back in her day, like, people thought it was, like, a lot that she had, you know, 200 sexual partners. Yeah, that's exactly right. I don't know why I'm roasting your grandmother, who is hysterical. She's great. You've played voicemails of hers on stage. Oh, man, I wish I had something right now. Uh, you got a great portrait of her just flipping the bird at an unknown photographer. Although it's probably you taking that photo. Um, it was it was definitely her flipping the bird at me. Yeah, she was great. She was uh, she 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 was uh, hard drinking. Yeah, uh, and 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 very foul mouthed. Um, what was her name to like? her family to her loved ones? But then she was very polite and lovely to like people. You know, very proper and polite to people that was not her family. Yeah, her name was. Uh, Sally. Well, people called her Sally Haynes. And, uh, yeah. What's that a reference to? What's that? Is her name Sally Haynes? Well, her name was, well, her name was Sarah, but everybody called her Sally. Oh, but her name was Haynes. Yeah. Well, well the way my... you said people called her Sally Haynes, it was like, it was, well, they called her nickname. Sally, you know, yeah. but that was, I didn't call her Sally. I called her nanny. Mm-hmm. And then nanny. Nanny. Not Nana. No, nanny. I was a grandma, grandpa kind of family. I had a nanny and pop-pop. Yeah, we were grandma, grandpa. There were some nanas and pop pops. Uh, there's always nana and pop pops. And then there's nan, 
Nanny. How about a Mima? Does anybody got a Mima? Mima. If yeah. you got a Mima, go ahead and uh, call, call in. Call, call in right now. One eight hundred. One eight hundred Mima. Who you mama? Mima. Uh, that's my new radio. I'm just gonna use that. Whoa! Ooh, what is that? I don't know. What is that? That sounds like a cable problem. Yeah, yeah. That sounded like your phone had diarrhea. Oh, yeah. It's like digital liquid poop. That's right. And I'm going to use wipes for my phone because, you know, I believe... Don't use a, wipes. I got some I believe butt in a stuff. clean butthole on my phone. Uh, the stuff I use is actually... They use it on the space shuttle. It's a non-rinse They use it to fluid. fertilize uh, horses with. No, that's how they like, clean themselves. They can't shower on the space shuttle. Yeah, well, you live on Earth, buddy. So it's made by NASA. It's for my ASA. It's probably a lie. Like that fucking ice cream, like the, the the dehydrated ice cream. Nobody, they don't actually eat that up there. You think they're living it up? They're just having like Van Leeuwen ice cream every night. No, I just don't think that the 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 astronauts ice cream that we eat, like they don't actually eat that. I've only eaten astronaut ice cream out of desperation. Like it happened to be in my house. Come on in. I think our guest is here. Ooh, then that, that's exciting. Now we don't have to talk incessantly. Oh, or it could be a ghost. It could be a ghost. Oh, yeah. This is uh, this episode right now. It's gonna. This is gold. Yeah. It's gold. No, not a not an ounce of fat on it. This is like we are in studio. We're, We're like a whole running buffalo. a radio. This is like a radio show. It's like our guest gets here when he gets here and. What we, fucking radio shows are you listening to? It's, it's just how it works. It's like, like, just Stern, like people are wandering in off the street. Howard and uh, what's-her-face, they're talking, Howard they're the driving. Yeah. And then the producer comes in and says, hey, uh, you know. Hey, get on uh, the couch over there and spread them. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen's here. Do you want her to come in? And Howard says, yeah, bring her in. And and mm-hmm. then they. I can't, can you do a Howard voice? Like, eat. He's really. Eat it. I can't. How, do you, how you doing? No, that's that's your <laughs> Howard. Uh, do your Howard impression, Patrick. He's like, hey, I, I, <laughs> are you doing? Uh, <laughs> Howard sounds like he has some mentally some mental disabilities. Hey, how are you doing? Oh man, so wrong. Um, so, boy, oh boy, his voice. I can't even do it. It's like so deep, and it's like. Uh, well, that, I mean, I guess that's why he's a distinct but he's radio person. Soft, soft-spoken. I'm not even yeah, but try. even even the soft-spoken, it's like you can tell. Like yeah. when he talks, you can tell he is an Adam's apple. He's a very thick vocal cord. Yeah, he can't can't, can't reproduce the beautiful uh, voice of of Howard. Yeah. Uh, did you grow up listening to Howard? I didn't really. No, I. You know, part of it. I think part of that is because I would always buck against the trends, and he was so popular. Yeah. And that annoyed me about it. Um, but also, like, you know, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, so I didn't I didn't listen to the – he was like a New York yeah. disc jockey, and I didn't really, you know. Were there Philadelphia versions of that? Probably. Were Bob and Tom guys you listened to? You know, they had like this uh, – they had a, a station called Z100, uh, and then, then the Z100 from New York made them change it, change mm. it, and they changed it to Y100, and that was all like all the pops – you know, the regular pop stuff. And then they had, I did listen to Opie and Anthony for a while. Cause I had a friend who, uh, you know, who was big and big into that. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You bring up Opie and Anthony. I feel like the, our guest today, uh, should we, should we mention his name? I mean, it says it. On Why the... don't we even want to mention? Yeah. I mean, let's keep it a surprise for people that are illiterate. 
you know, if they can't read, they're in suspense. Right but now. our guest is a, is like a Long Island guy. Hey, speaking of, there he is. Hey, welcome, Sean. Come on in, everybody. Let's hear for Sean Donnelly. Yeah, Thank you for racing it. up here, man. Yeah. You got it. No sweat. What's going yeah. on? Guys, please welcome to the stage. Uh, <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast, Sean Donnelly. Yes, Yay. Sean Donnelly. Yay. Thanks yeah. for coming, man. Thank you for coming out. Do you know Tristan Smith? I think we met before. Yes, we looks familiar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good to see you. Pleasure. Uh, get right up on that mic. It's, All right. Uh, little, yeah, that's Roll, good. a little wonky here. Oh, a bunch of ginger yeah. beards here today. Oh, I yeah. know. This is we have a very similar color, coloring yes. to all yeah. three of us. Who, very, who sunburns very the worst out of us? I burn pretty bad. I try to avoid the beach because I burn so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've gotten sunburned so bad I've gotten like nauseous, like the really? sun poisoning. Yeah. That happened to me once on a roof. I was doing roofing for like a job when I was 15 or something, and I got really sick, and I made it one day. You know, up close, you've got you've got very delicate skin, Sean. <laughs> I yeah, do. Nice thank you. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know this would be so so complimentary. Well, we're going to be talking about skin and skin products. So, oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. No, this is who who uh, is Avita? Is that yeah. your sponsor? Yes. What, what do yep. they call Avita? I don't even know what that is. Is that it's is something that on your wife's shelf? Is what, <laughs> what it is. Literally, in our open discussion before you got here, we were talking about uh, taking, uh, you know, really high brow stuff. We're talking about taking the shit and using. Um, like butt wipes versus not. See, I'm a I'm a big like like I use you know I love the wipes. What, where, where is there a discussion? Uh, yeah, that's what I want to know. Not using them uh, if you well, have access. See, Patrick, you don't use them. Why? Because you it's too much. You're like I'm not a giant baby. No, no, no. I I actually <laughs> want like, I want to have a very clean ass, but I have hang ups with the uh, the, uh, the environmental, environmental problem yeah. problem with it. So I have a, there's a fluid that exists that you can buy. It sounds so uh, fucking. I'll wrong. just I have in my pocket. And that's I'll, an enema. You messed that up. No, that's no, no, not, no. It's topical. It's not <laughs> internal. That's not supposed. That's not. That's you, medical. That's you, not. You, you I don't know what you're doing, Pat. You, you squirt. No wonder it. you're so skinny, Pat. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, every time I dump, I take an enema. Yeah, my colon is very. Clean. It's very clean colon. Yeah, you yeah. can eat off that colon. Oh yeah, uh, that's uh, why I don't shit anymore. That's uh, why, yeah. You're just yeah. You're just a, you're an alien. You're a robot. Yeah. You just don't shit. I have one piece of pineapple a day. I guess there's an environmental factor to it. I think I convince myself I don't have wipes all the time. So I'm like, the time I don't have wipes, that's my, me giving back. Yeah. I yeah. could have a worse footprint yeah. if I had them yeah. all the time. When you know? I don't have wipes, I feel like a homeless for that moment. You know, yeah. Like yeah. Just for, or for the rest of the day. Well, the thing. I went a lot of my life without having them. I know, like, but mm. then once you go. And once you go. Yeah, you, yeah, you oh don't go back. God. Yeah. yeah. It's like a new day. It's like a new awakening. Squeaky clean. Yeah. It feels like you got a full night's sleep after you <laughs> use one. Uh, yeah, it does. It feel, feels like you're a baby and you have a full. You took a nap and then you got a full yeah. night's sleep. And then in this city, like in the summer, especially, you're walking around with the detritus from going, and you know there's stuff happening. Uh, the the medical term is swamp ass. Yes. That's what it yeah. is. Uh, when you have, get so much, you get so much, so much liquid in yeah. between your genes. Swamp yeah. ass is, uh, I, I always say it's, uh, it's got several factors, but it's mainly, uh, heat, friction, and a recent poop. Oh, yeah. A re yeah. yeah. I, it's, that's the, that's the, the three horsemen of the apocalypse right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Of the shit apocalypse. Either, yeah. either There's that not four, or just you don't, like you don't need four. You just a have a lot three. of farting, you know, like, oh, yeah, like a saucy fart. Like, oh, that'll do it. Yeah. Maybe you ate Indian that day. Like a Pink eye fart. Like yeah. if you farted, Jesus. like if you farted near somebody with that fart, they would get pink eye. My God, we're so, 
Hey, you guys started the conversation. So today. Yeah, I'm, really trying, know. I'm yeah, just trying to totally, play catch up here, yeah, guys. Totally, you're, you're I'll talk about right. I'll talk about Voltaire as well. I don't Let's care. Do I'm kidding. I can't do that. I can talk about shit I all day. I love Candide. I think that's a great uh, book. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. I have no. I don't know what that is. I, I love Candide. I like Candide. <laughs> Reese's. I'll talk Reese's for 45 minutes. But then we're um, talking when I was a about kid, a I bought a 20 pound bag of Reese's. You ever do that? 20 pound bag? 20 pound bag of Reese's no. pieces. I don't know they had 20 well, pounds. Is, you sure 20 pounds? It was 20 pounds. That's, that's, yeah, was, that's a problem. It that's was a rip big... because I was a kid and I didn't know, like, I was just like, I'm just going to spend all of the money I, I've ever made in the world on Reese's pieces. Did right you get now. through? Yeah. Um, I did, but like, my, my, uh, I did it when I was visiting my dad and he would just kind of let you do, let you do whatever. whatever. And so my stepmom was making like, like cookies and shit and everything they could to try to use these Reese's pieces up. Oh, sure. That well, sounds like such an irresponsible use of whatever money you saved oh, up. Oh, it absolutely was. Well, no, yeah, well, when you're a kid, that's what's so funny when you're a kid because you, uh, the littlest amount of money is like a fortune to you. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I remember I used my first job I ever had. I, I'm from Long Island and the first job I ever had was folding papers at like this like um candy store like they had yeah. papers and I don't know if anybody knows this but like the New York Times and the Newsday and like uh Daily News and New York Post not those so much cuz they're smaller but the New York Times comes as like six different parts mm. and they have to fold them on oh, Sundays yeah. the Sunday ones do so that was my job I was like I was like 12 and I would go yeah. there on Sundays at like like seven in the morning and I would fold it, take a couple hours. So it was like a hundred, you know, 200, 300 papers. And then the guy would give me like 20 bucks. Yeah. And I remember one time, one of the best days of my life is I got done late that day because the papers got there late. And I was like noon. And the, I went, I literally went to the video store across the street where I played street fighter all the time. Yep. And I, well, before that, I went to the deli, John's deli on New Head Park Road in Long Island. It's gone now, but it's the best deli. I got a chicken colored hero. Mm-hmm. I got myself a giant iced tea and potato chips. And I mm-hmm. went to the, I went to the video store and I played, I, that was five bucks. Yeah. That was yeah, five yeah. bucks. And then f- f- 15 bucks, I spent it all on Street Fighter. Yeah. Living like right. a king. Oh, yeah. dude, I'll never forget it. It was yeah. like magical time. I would yeah. always have to like burn through money. Like I literally, this is true. Like one time I spent all, all the last money that I had on a wallet. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's very poetic. That's I like, like that. I like that. Magic. Like every, I didn't have any more money left, but I had a wallet to wow. hold it. Yeah. That's like when people they say, "Would you, would you steal to feed your family?" Like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very like, oh, it's a moral quandary there. Do you need something to hold nothing? Yeah. It's like yes. that's like if a tree falls in the woods, but right. with a wallet. Oh man, that's really that's funny. And then, and then you just had to get yourself some more money. So that's you could yeah, that's that absolute kid logic right there. When you what kind of wallet was it? Do you remember? It was like one of Velcro. It was a Velcro oh, wallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. classic mm. Velcro. Sure. Did you guys ever fantasize about making a lot of money on like baseball cards or something like that when you were a kid? Like a get rich quick. No, I was kind of nerdy, so for me it was the Star Trek: The Next Generation card set. Wow, that's very sad. Oh, you know, I I was obsessed with cards for a while, and one day I was like, I used to visit my family in Jersey. And I would just go down to this corner store one day. We just kept buying all these different cards. So it was when Batman, the first Batman mm-hmm. came out. Oh, yeah. So they had cards. Yeah, and then I remember one, another those. time we were doing it and we bought Howard the Duck cards when that oh, movie shit. came did out. Oh, yeah. shit. Did you guys deal in garbage pail kids when those yeah. Were- yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those. And there, and there was like the different, they, they looked the same, but they had different names on them. And yeah. it was like, yeah, it was. I forgot all the names, but it, they were huge like, yeah, in yeah. school. I think they might have gotten banned from my school. Oh yeah, yeah. They, yes, they, if they yes. they if they caught you, with if they them, call they you with them, you were screwed. Because yeah. yeah. I remember another thing that got banned from my school was a uh, Big Johnson shirt. Do you remember those? Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. yes. And the, it was a Big Johnson yeah. baseball. Big yeah. Liquor up front, poker in the rear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. Or coed naked. Coed uh, was naked. Another, yeah, yes, brand. that yeah. was big. Oh, man, Are we all the same age? I'm 36. Okay, near it. I'm, uh, I'm 16 years old. Age. Uh, you don't say his age? Be a man. I hate when guys don't say their age. All right, talk about that. 
I'm talking about. I don't yeah. like it. I yeah. think it's at this point. Who cares? But t- from an industry perspective, yeah. Sometimes I'm worried about like people, and I've talked to some folks about this. Like yeah, sometimes I worry like if I identify my age because I can get away with looking a little bit younger. Yeah. Then then if then don't if you don't want to don't say it. I think the only time it matters as a guy is if you look 15 years old yeah. and you're actually 38 years old. I right. get it, but also but then you would do and yeah, we're on a podcast. Well, how old are you? How old are you? I'm 39. You're 39. Okay, so yeah. we're around the same age. But we're also like we, you're you you're younger than me. I, I believe and 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 uh we have a similar look like guys who look like us the older we get the more work we'll get anyway it doesn't matter it's yeah. like believe me dude i i just don't like it when I, this this i don't mind the podcast i get it i'm just kind of kidding around with sure. you but there was a dude <laughs> who i actually like a lot there's a comic and i like a lot and we were in a private conversation and i was like well i'm 39 and i think i was 38 at the time i go i'm 38 i'm like how old are you again and he's like Old enough, and I'm like, dude, we're at a bar. Yeah, yeah, we're at yeah. a bar. Come on, yeah. be a man. Yeah. And I'm not, a, I'm not like a, I'm not a meathead, but come on, be a yeah. man. Tell me how old you are. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. What does he think you're gonna do with that information? I you guess know? tell uh, <laughs> Jimmy Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tell, tell the powers that be never yeah. to hire him again. Jimmy Hollywood, the and, president of Hollywood. And he's yeah. a kid that he looks super young, so I get it for industry stuff. But yeah. I'm not industry. I'm a comic. I'm not yeah. gonna tell anybody. Yeah. You say, listen, don't mention it, but I'm 45 years old. Yeah. I'd be like, wow, that's crazy. You look great. Yeah. There we go. That's it. Yeah. It was just for a conversation. Conversation sake, anyway, so it really doesn't matter overall. Yeah. I but on a podcast, I get it. If you want to, if you want to book younger and all that, yeah, Trish, let me just tell you, this is such stuff. a popular podcast, and there's got to yeah. be so many industry <laughs> folks that are listening to it right now. But you know what, though, <laughs> it's funny. You're right. I, I feel the same way when I when I give away my mind. But I'm like, but you do never know. It's, it's good to be safe. There's people. I think as far as industry goes, I think some people have that formula figured out. Like you yeah. never know. You never know what the proper thing to do in those situations is. To me, I always just said my age, so I'm yeah. not going to stop now. I'm a balding, fat, bearded 39-year-old. I'm like, I'm not going to turn around and be like, I mean, hey, what's up, rad dudes? Like, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. let's do it. 21 yeah. Jump Street. No, no, <laughs> well, that gonna, would be amazing gonna... <laughs> if you did do that. Yeah. that would be yeah. If I showed up in a toupee yeah. Yeah. and what's just that, like, like a Coachella t-shirt yeah. and you guys were like, what are you doing, dude? i got to get you in one of those uh, male rompers everybody's yeah. excited <laughs> yeah, about. Exactly. I just showed up with like light-up sneakers. Yeah. You're like, Sean, are you a pedophile now? What is happening? <laughs> What is that horrible band? <laughs> what, are, what are the party rock dudes? You know that song? Oh God! Party rock? Yeah, the uh, uh, U- KMFDM. No, that's that's an old. That's really old. That's oh, a, I remember that's, them? Yeah, yeah, hardcore. They're like. Uh, well, I think it's cute that as a 24 year old. Tristan, you know what the Big Johnson T-shirts were. You got that reference. Like that's pretty neat. Oh, I, I yeah, like what you're doing. You're trying to, yeah, like, trying to correct the ship here. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I had them back because when you were like 13 or 12, and you had like a Big Johnson T-shirt, you saw it. There's that's like the height of sexuality. Like, like yeah. at that age, you're well, like, oh my god, that's so dangerous. Well, because well, it's, it's sexuality. Subversive. It's yeah. subversive, and yeah. also when you're that age, you don't get it. Yeah. I, I remember, like, you don't understand it fully. Like, it's funny but, what you but know that's now. Part of, that part's what makes it even more sexy. Is yeah. like this is so it's so yeah. it's so taboo. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, you're right. That's why you're wearing them. Like, this is crazy to yeah. wear these. <laughs> but like, I, but also, I don't, I don't think, I think. The Big Johnson ones, I think Coed Naked made it a little bit more sexy. Because yeah. I was like, oh, Coed Naked. And we're like, ooh, that's guys, girls, naked. But like Big Johnson, I think guys who, I never had the shirts, but guys who wore them, I think they were like, it's funny. They're talking about, it's, yeah. a, it's a, I don't know if I can curse on this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a dick joke. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think it was more silly than it was. But Coed Naked was like, ooh, lacrosse with yeah. girls and guys naked. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what you, to speak yeah. to that. Yeah. But like when, you know, what you think sex is back then, because I, I guess, actually, I guess that was high school. You kind of knew by that. Yeah. Point. But I remember when I was younger what, what I thought it was, and I was totally wrong. I didn't yeah. know what sex was until about 30. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How is that possible? You're 24. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I remember I was telling somebody recently on my podcast, 
I think I was telling Farah, who I do the podcast with, I said, what we used to think sex was, me and my buddy, when we were like 11 or tw- we were probably 12 or 13, even as that latest 13, I thought it was you just stuck it in and you hung out. <laughs> you just lay there. You just, that, that, that you just, and we I've it, heard that people think about that. I never knew why anybody <laughs> would think that. It makes logical sense. You stick it in there and you pee, you know? You yeah. stick it in your pee. Or you st- and we called it and we thought we were so cool. And we'd be like, it's stick and hang. You just stick and hang. That's, what we <laughs> <laughs> That's got a better ring to it than Netflix and chill. <laughs> it does. <laughs> stick just and stick hang. and hang. Fire stick and hang. Yeah. Amazon fire stick and hang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. But but yeah, I remember like even when I thought that I knew what things were, I didn't know what things. I remember because well, you couldn't ever admit they didn't know what it was. You'd have oh, to dude. play along with your friends and be like, "Oh yeah, I know what sex is," and you can't like be honest. And uh, yeah, you can't. It was dangerous territory. There was a kid in seventh grade who didn't know what a boner was, and his mm. nickname was Boner until he was like eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kids are brutal. Yeah, yeah, They're you're absolutely really absolutely brutal. You really can get stuck. Were you the guy creating nicknames for people? Were you? No. Did you ever have a bully face? Well, I was trying to. Do a bit about nicknames recently because I think it's funny we don't have nicknames as grown men because your nicknames are about the worst thing about you yeah so like if it was now I was trying to do the joke it doesn't work I'm like it'd be like faulty prostate it'd be something like really like medical and like old (laughs) you know what I'm saying like when you're a kid they just go after you we had I wasn't the kid that came up with nicknames I had we we came up with my we called my friend Opie because he was like he had he was like a, a ginger that had yeah. like freckles, but he didn't even look like Opie from he didn't look like Ron Howard. He actually looked like Problem Child, but Problem oh, Child yeah. was too it was too, too, many too many syllables. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I almost wish even like I had some kind of like fucked up like like because the most I would get like people would like call me Trisket or something because because <laughs> of Tristan yeah, yeah because of Tristan but it's like that doesn't that takes no effort to like make that leap to the next it's thing. almost silly yeah, yeah. we used yeah. to have brutal ones where. This kid's I hung out with. My, the, my, when we tell, when we hear my favorite one I've ever heard. Yeah. This kid, this kid we knew. This kid, his name, his first name was Keith. I don't know. I forget his last name. And they used to call this kid. We all used to, we all used to skateboard together when I was younger. And I, and you wore like big pants and stuff. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. They used to call this kid Boar's Head because his head looked like the Boar's Head symbol from the cold cuts from the, <laughs> from the deli cold cuts. So behind his back they would call him Boar's Head. Uh-huh. And it was like, and to the point where they'd be like, "Where's Boar's Head?" I think he even knew. Like it was yeah. crazy. Yeah. So we all used to wear big pants and big shirts. Like back in the 90s for skateboarding, that's what it was, right? So one day this kid shows up like in a jean jacket, tight jeans, and like a button down. And he looked like the lead singer of the Smiths. You guys know the Smiths? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think they started calling him? Borisy. Boris. <laughs> That's it. I started calling him Borisy. That That's is hilarious. hands down one of the funniest yeah, things I've ever heard in my very life. Funny. So wait, we, you used to be a skater? Yeah. You I was st- terrible, but I was a skater. You, you, do you ever use a skateboard now? I have. I when I was first started dating my wife, a kid in my neighborhood had a skateboard. I'm like, let me check this out. And I hit a pebble and I fell forward mm. and I hit my and I screwed myself up. Uh, I I've like messed around on skateboards lately, but I, I'm I was never that good. See, I I I uh, like two months ago, like over two months ago, I bought like it's called a boosted board, which is like a long board with an electric motor on it. Oh yeah, so you that's can different. really get cruising. So I've been cruising around the city with that for the past. Couple of months. All my friends are pretty His friends sure would have that I'm kicked gonna... your fucking ass. Oh my god! You, if <laughs> you not, rolled through, yeah, we would have thought it it's was so, lame. Oh, of course, yeah. it's not like there's no real. I mean, it. You're not. But now that's what's in now, though. Like there's a lot of that. You know, like well, I think I mean, even Luis Gomez is running around in like a tiny, like '70s looking skateboard. Yeah. 
And I, but I, I don't I even, that might have like a motor a as well. Way, it's a fun way to get around, and there's a little bit of adrenaline because you could kind of die at any moment, you know? Yeah, totally. I yeah. mean, his his board is insane. It goes 22 miles an hour. Yeah. Wait, he, what? He goes from borough to borough. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, he, I'd, be, I'd be petrified. I'll That's go like, over to like you a, might as well get a motorcycle. But I can cruise yes. over to like a Brooklyn gig or something like that, and I get there faster than it would take me to do the subway. Absolutely, but dude... I would be terrified. That's, that's ballsy. I would he be terrified. He got hit by a car. He got hit by a car but, in New Jersey. But the thing with that is, I like, sound like, bad? I I sound like your mom. Well, I'm like, I still have like a couple of. Jeez. You know, but it was, it was, I was in, I was in, wasn't even in New York. It was just like I was. The funny thing is, like, I was out. I, I cruise around New York every day. Didn't no, no problem. I was in uh, Beach Town, Brigantine, right outside of Atlantic City. I was yeah. going on a straight road, and some fucking couple from Staten Island just like turned right into me. Like, uh, <laughs> so did you get knocked off the board? I got knocked off the board. I like hit my head and like scraped scraped up my hands and did arms. They stopped. Yeah, they stopped. That's the thing. They you know, freak. That's the fucking thing. Is because I live in New York. I assumed they were going to take off, but they didn't. They no. They, I, I you can't take you can't hit somebody and take off. No, even you, in I mean, New York you yeah, can't do that. People yeah. do it. But then they, like, there's a manhunt. For right. Them. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, but didn't no, run. They didn't. They uh, yeah. They stopped and were like, "Oh, I'm sorry," you know. So, I mean, at least they stopped. But like, it wasn't bad enough where they thought they killed you, like that, you know. Like, no, but my head was like pouring blood. So geez. that was like it looked. So worse you didn't than have a skater phase earlier in life. This is like brand new to you. No, I mean, I had a skateboard, but it was like one of those really shitty. Like my grandfather was like, I knew that like, you weren't hanging out. He though, knew with I was the into skateboarding, but he didn't really know anything about it. So he bought me like one of those kind of ones that you get from a department store yeah. that's not, that doesn't have like the wheels that you can do anything with it's got like, like the wheels that don't like go plastic. don't go at all right yeah yeah, yeah. 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 You so need, like i would you just need those bearings those i would just cruise bearings. up and down the street and be real frustrated and not be able to do anything tricky or anything because you know i was very basic when i skate i was able to do heel flips kick flips a 180 ollie i could never manuals. i could do like little things but i wasn't I, I was the guy like you know in comedy i i make the analogy that in comedy there's some people that they're doing it for a while. They're not that great at comedy, but they hang around. It's like more of a social thing for yeah. them. That was They're me like with a skateboarding. Ma- mascot or something. Yeah, that was me with skateboarding. I yeah. was the guy who was like, they had me around because we hung out. And you were, my were you always funny? You were probably funny in that environment. I was funny with my friends. We were a lot, we had funny. I probably I had funnier friends than me. Like yeah. I, you know, but yeah. I was funny. Yeah, I was funny in the group. You know? Yeah. Uh, the worst thing you'd be called in the skateboarding scene is a poser. Poser, yeah, oh. I was probably a poser. Uh, <laughs> no, I was not, a poser. No, I, because I, if you so, there's a so like you said, there's a social aspect to it. Yeah, if you were an outsider trying to like pass as like being a part of it, or no, like, I was a part of it. I it yeah. took, like as much as comedy takes up my life. Skate, we would go to skate stuff all the time. So I would go to like um. The demos and stuff like that they would have, yeah. and then I I tried. I just was not that great at and it. And this is Nassau County, Nassau County, right when you get into uh, Long Island. That's interesting that you were a skater because I, I I went to college in Nassau County, and I just I just imagine everybody's a jock growing up in. Long well, that's Island. what that's what was my high. I went to Garden City High School, yeah. and it was mostly jocks. Yeah. Do you still I, live in Long Island? No, I live in Sunnyside Queens. Okay. Yeah, but I but I uh but my mom still lives there. She's still there. Uh, nicknames are funny. The, uh, our buddy John Newman has a really great bit about his nickname and how it developed, and it got me thinking about this nickname for my brother. He's in my brother is in my phone as Sludge. Uh, he's built more similarly to you. He's yeah. tall. He's like a makes me feel great. Thanks, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he so he's always been the bigger guy, and somehow in when he was in middle, we were in like he was in middle school. He's three years older than me. His bike got stolen. He had a GT mountain bike, like a really good bike. It got stolen by Stanley Sledjanowski was the name of this person that stole my brother's bike. Somehow, because of the uniqueness of the name. 
my friends and I started calling my brother Stanley yeah, Sludgenowski. Oh, okay. And then, and then it, it went to Sludge. Yeah, eventually morphed into Sludge. And it was Sludgenowski. It wasn't even Sludge. Yeah, it, yeah. it makes no fucking yep. sense. Yep. But it's just these weird things that you just repeat. You're constantly riffing with friends, I guess, when you're growing yeah. up. And you're just like changing stuff up and being weird. And uh, it's <laughs> my, just so odd. My one, my, one of my favorite things ever. There's two things. One kid I knew... Uh, this kid, Mike, and when he was younger, before I knew him, he was caught picking his nose and he was booger yeah. for up until like, like I still want to call him booger when yeah. I see him. But yeah. that was back at the age of like, uh, uh, revenge of the nerds and booger yeah. was like, yeah, yeah, booger was a big thing. Yeah. But to the point where he was, he, I knew him through skating and through Long Island, people knew him and didn't know his name. Yeah. Like that's how much <laughs> he was booger. Like he knew people in every town. And people were like, oh, Booger? Like, if you said, hey, do you know this guy Mike and said his name, they'd be like, nah. They'd be like, Booger? They'd be like, oh, yeah, I know Booger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how much they know it. The other funny thing that you're right, <laughs> just like you said with the, the, the metamorphosis of a yeah. nickname, my buddy John used to, they used to pick on my friend, my other friend Jared, but they would play touch football and he would think that he was, uh, they would call him Barry, Barry Sanders because he thought he was like so amazing. And then to the point where it would get him so mad that if you just called him Barry, he would try to punch you in the face. And then they would call him Jared Lightning and then Yared, Yared Lightning and then just Yared. And so then, and then, and then Lightning. So when I started to be friends with them, they would just call him Lightning and we'd get mad. I didn't know why for like a year. And then I found the story. Yeah. But it would just be fun. It's always funny to watch one of your friends call the other friend a nickname and then watch them get pissed off yeah we used to call another buddy of mine he had big braces and we used to play mortal kombat 2 all the time remember baraka from mortal kombat 2 yeah. it was this big metal mouth you remember baraka oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he had blades for hands yes, yes. we called him baraka lips behind his back oh, shit <laughs> and that's uh, a that's a roast battle level uh, yeah. joke that's good and to the point where well we didn't tell him it was that kind of thing it was kind of an it sounds like move. you grew up in stand by me or something like that <laughs> yeah it was pretty much like that <laughs> and these girls these girls one time they go what do you call him? Broccoli lips? And he was like, no, what? What happened? And they're like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> she didn't know the code. She didn't know the code. Yeah. So my nicknames, it's also, I think, an East Coast thing, I think. Yeah, well, the the social dynamics, too, of friend groups when you're a kid can be brutal, Like especially when it's like two guys buddy up and then they learn that they can abuse the third guy in a certain way. Like yeah. It can get really, it's, really it's dicey. become the fall guy of the, of the group. It, yeah. I think, I, I think you're absolutely right. That, that guy, Opie, that was our fault. I, to the yeah. point where we, I felt bad. After a yeah. while, it was like, this is too much. Yeah, the, it's I'm always, actually like jealous of the exper- those experiences you guys had because like when I grew up, I was totally an outcast. I was like the secret friend that somebody would have, but like, like the anybody F- else showed up, then they'd start making fun of me altogether. Uh, <laughs> like I was that guy. Like the FBI had Did you a get file picked on, on you. What? Um, yeah, big really? time. Well, and also I, from well, what you I, probably had that skateboard back then. That's why I yeah. didn't know. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, I don't. You know, I, I, uh, I was like an angry kid. You know, and uh, so I would, uh, I'd probably brought it on myself in certain ways and, and do certain things. And my mom. Proclaims that I was a bully to people, and she would did. You have calls. dramatic outbursts at school, like publicly. Well, yeah, when I was in kindergarten, I would like throw chairs across a room if I got out on like a mm. game of Simon Says or something like that. Demon child, demon mm. child, a little bit. Where did you grow up again? I grew up at, right outside of Philadelphia okay. on the Jersey side. I don't want to claim that I'm like uh, Philly guy. Yeah, I don't claim I'm a Philly guy, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like you it's know, really a no-win situation. <laughs> it's like exactly. me being like I'm from Long Island, like right. Nassau or Suffolk. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. it's a shitty situation yeah, no matter right. what. 
But it, but like I remember, I was hanging out with this this guy, this guy Amar. He was like one of the only like Indian kids in in our grade because that was what it was like. You go to school and there'd be like the one black student and the one Indian student, and like it was just very a lot of white kids. Um, but we, I would hang out with him, and we, it was cool. And he invited me over to his house and everything cool. But as as soon as any other kids came around, he would just like a switch would come on yeah. and he, you know start calling because me a fag or whatever. Everybody's always trying to elevate themselves up the hierarchy. Yeah. Like everybody like No, you, no, I understand it now, but at the yeah. time Oh yeah, it was, it was kids it's kid stuff, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get it, but but it's but when you're but for you that sucks. You right. get yeah. hurt your feelings back. And then. now I can see when you get triggered in the comedy scene if you feel like somebody's shitting on you or like like it seems like you're if you get ganged up on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think so. Tristan, Does that happen? Sensitive, you guys. And they, <laughs> I mean, we're so we're 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 still open micers essentially. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to speak out open of turn. Open mics here. can be there's, brutal. Though. There's like a whole. You know. There's you. You've been through. So, it. Yeah. So it's actually quite a treat for us to have you because. Um, basically we're at the level where we're still doing open mics. We maybe get past it like a couple of clubs, not like the, not the big ones, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so we're still kind of like working it out and like, um, and we have a lot of people on the podcast that are also kind of going through that phase In that of same, life. Yeah. Um, we just, uh, we just spoke with Joe DeVito, who's like a 16 year vet. Yeah. He's so one of the guys he's, he's in the liner notes of my album because he's technically one of the reasons I do it. Oh yeah. Well, Tell us about that. Because Joe, I always wanted to do it. I just never had the guts. And then Joe, we, I ran a show out over on Avenue B and like Second Street because I knew the guys who owned this bar. And then I ran for like six weeks. And then a few weeks after that ended, because they ended it because of noise complaints, we, I started helping out. Me and my friend Blaine Perry, who does, still does comedy, but he lives in North Carolina now. Uh, we started helping with Joe DeVito's show at Jack Dempsey's, which is in Midtown. Mm -hmm. and How long ago was this? This is like, this is years ago. This is like over 10 years ago. This okay. is like, um, this but is you like, were this producing the first shows time. and you weren't doing, well, what was happening is I was helping, I was barking for the shows. I was setting up, I was, I was handing out flyers. I was, uh, you know, whatever else I wasn't booking it. Joe booked it, but, but I wasn't doing time. So I was doing like the, the You're jobs, doing everything, doing. but, but I just wanted to be involved with it. I was yeah. like, I'm gonna, I'll just produce shows. I don't want to go out, but I'll be produce shows. So then, the, the lucky part about it was around the corner was this place called Maui Taco, which ran this sh really shitty open mic on the night, the same night we would do the show. I think we did mm. the show like Friday nights and they had a Friday night open mic and, they, and then him and Blaine would be like, yeah, you should go set up, help us set up and then just go around and check it out and see what you think. And I went around and I checked it out and it was so brutal. It was like one of those yeah. really bad ones. Like the, all the lights were on. You stood on like milk crate. There was a VW bus coming out of the wall. All it was was like comics and people like not looking at you eating their taco. It was like yeah. brutal. And I was like, I watched it and I was like, it was such a bad situation. I was like, oh, I could be this bad. I could yeah. be this bad in this place, not tell anybody and try it out. So that's, it's a very unromantic story, but like that's why I started. You so know. you didn't meet him on Long Island? No, I didn't. I met him in the From city. The scene, yeah. I met him through helping him with that show. Yeah. But like, but if he didn't, if I didn't help him run that show, I wouldn't have tried. And he was always like, "Yeah, go, go, ahead, go for yeah. it," you know, like whatever kind of thing. And I'm still, I, I saw, I went for beers with him the other night. Yeah, and I think he's one of the most underrated guys in New York. Yeah, because yeah. he's a Long Island guy, but he's not a Long Island comic per se. A lot of the Long Island guys stay in Long Island and they're con content with it. Yeah, and uh, and it's fine. And some of them come into the city, but but he would do both, and he works clubs in the city. But he's an amazing joke writer, and yeah. he's a really really yeah. good comic. Yeah, we, he's like a professional professional comic. Yeah, we were nerding out over joke 
bullshit in here earlier tonight with him, and he's just like a wealth of knowledge and philosophy about it. Yeah, he's a smart dude. And and he's John, a funny this, guy. At this point, comedy is your sole profession, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And how long have you been doing it totally? Totally for 11 years. 11 years. So that Maui Taco, I'm like, I did that, I did that twice, and then I didn't do it again for like a year. Let me ask you this because I asked, I asked Joe the same thing. Like, at what point did you start feeling like a transition of like, okay, this is something I'm working on. I'm building towards something and, and where you started to kind of see things happen for you? I'll tell you, around the time that I, I did one of those one-nighters at Caroline's, after that is when I saw stuff start to happen. How, 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 how? I think that was probably – if you really want to be technical about it, I forget when I did that show, but I saw stuff happening like six years in. Uh-huh. Six years in – and a lot of my friends were getting stuff before that, and I was yeah. starting to get like that comic thing of like, oh man, I better step my game up, or I don't know what's happening. What mm-hmm. the hell? I'm like, I'm doing really well on these shows, and I'm not getting anything. And then like a year after, pretty much the year after, like they were getting like Montreal and late night spots or whatever it was or TV stuff, I started picking up stuff. So, but I remember really what happened was the last day job I had, the woman fired me. And it was one of the best things that ever happened for me because something happened. I forget exactly the details, but what I was got, the job? Uh, I worked uh, uh, facilities management at a JWT, which is an advertising agency. Okay. And the lady from the minute I worked there, she didn't like me, but she was not a very nice woman. And uh, was, I can go into details about details about that. But anyway, <laughs> she six months in, she was like, "Yeah, it's not working out." I'm like, "All right, whatever." And then I left there, but I got a couple of road gigs, and I was able to pay money off of comedy from there, and then. I I um I just comedy became my job slowly but surely after that. But if I I think and I started going on a couple of auditions and I got uh, a little while after that I got auditioned for Letterman and stuff. So like from that point on, which was like now I guess that was 2011 ish, whatever it was. I I I was like full time comedy. And and how long have you been mm-hmm. doing stuff at the cellar? Cellar's been about three years, a little over three years. Yeah, I just uh, I try to get I try to see a show there like once. Every it's couple of idea. weeks or something like that. It's a good place. And uh, I, I just saw you, I think, maybe on Monday or something hosting. Last Monday? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you I hosted there a bunch. That was great. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'll host there a bunch. That's also another thing that helped me was hosting. Uh, I got a lot of opportunities because of hosting, but I had it in the back of my – the only place I'll host now is once I got past there, that's the only place I'll host because – I don't want to be thought of as a career host. I, if that's what you want, that's fine, but that's never been a goal of mine. Mm-hmm. Same thing with warm-up. I was talking to somebody about warm-up. If you want to do warm-up for your job, for comedy, rest of your life, that's fine. Oh, we, I think people we, can get you were telling me about that in that car ride from Long Island in May or something. Yeah, yeah. Drove you home and you were, you were sharing about the That show was phenomenal, right? That was fun, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. that show was fun. Yeah. That guy, was, he had a good setup for that. Yeah. You know what's funny? That bar... Croxley's, mm-hmm. the guys who own it, the original one is in Franklin Square. Mm-hmm. That's where I used to hang out. Then they opened the one in the city. That's where I had the first comedy show that I produced. It's all connected. It's all connecting. Uh, and, but yeah, no, I, wait, I'm sorry. I interrupted well, I just, you. actually, I just wanted to say, like, did you know, so I, the thing you were doing with producing and flyering and barking, but not performing, uh, there's a, there's this creative coach that I've read some books from. She calls that being a shadow artist. It's, uh, it's like you're, 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 you're surrounding yourself. <laughs> That's very poetic way to put it. I call it not having enough balls to get up there on stage. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. so so do you? We're, we're we're not talking about that kind of shit anymore because we're all comedians. Like we're we're comedians. I'm over that hump. I went through that hump sure. too. But do you feel like that stuff comes up in your career in other ways now? Like, were there any like leaps of faith you had to take? Like like with the seller? Like, did you have to like 
grow a pair of balls again to like audition for sure. Them there's mo- like, there's moments like that every time, like gut check moments, that- like first timer moments, like first time before. You, that's what's so funny. Like before you go on stage for the first time, oh my god, it's like you think you're gonna die. You mm-hmm. think you're right. You think it's like it's so much. That's why. A lot of the time, people's first time goes well because there's so much adrenaline mm-hmm. and so much preparation do like before it, and and it's usually the mic. And if it's a decent enough mic, you know you can do well because you're like you've been thinking about it so much it can yeah. go well unless you completely collapse. But uh, I've had other moments that are like that moment. Like yeah, Letterman was like that. It was first late night spot. Yeah, uh, and the seller was I definitely, and it was the first one in a while. Like it was yeah. first one of being nervous to do stand up in a long time. Yeah, like because you were going in for an audition. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I and it was such a big deal to me, and it was yeah. also like that. I mean, God, that's it, like the mecca. Oh sure, and it didn't come out of nowhere. You know, it didn't come out of nowhere. I was working a bunch, but like. What happened was I did uh, – I opened up for Kevin Brandon on the road and then he was like, do you work at the cellar? I said, no. He's like, I can recommend you. I'm like, that would be great. And he's like, all right, you can do an audition this day. And I went and I remember thinking, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get the cold shoulder in there once I get there because mm-hmm. it's so like, you know, everybody – it's such a club. And yeah. and the minute I walked in, everybody, SD, everybody, hello, blah, blah. You know, oh, it, was, cool. it was really nice. warm from the first minute. But yes, that was a moment that was like that over the hump like oh, what the hell's gonna happen? Oh my god! There's yeah. a lot riding on this moment. Yeah, yeah. there's 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 a ton of those during. What comedy. even like led up to that though? Because I mean, was it just like kind of amassing TV credits or something like that? Or I think it was. Oh, you mean getting to that point? Yeah. No, that one. That one was like Kevin Brennan saw me at. Stand up New York, and he was like, uh, "Do you want to open for me at Go Bananas?" And I was like, "Yes," because I I used to watch Kevin Brennan on TV, and I and I love him, and and uh, I went there, and I did well there. So he's like, "I can recommend you for the seller," and I was like, "That'd be great." And I and it was a straight up audition. If I I don't know if she would have given the audition if I didn't have any TV credits, but I at that point I did. But maybe she wouldn't have. Off his recommendation, that was enough. You know, mm-hmm. like that. so even if I didn't have any TV, I probably would have gotten it. But I was working enough to get to the point that him to see me. That's not a total prerequisite. But, not anymore. But I think yeah. back in the day, it was. Yeah, it used to be like, or certain times it could be like two people have to wreck you. But Kevin has working. Kevin's been working there. I think like twenty five years. I just hosted for him Saturday night, and I was surprised at how much of a sweetheart he was. <laughs> He's a nice guy. He's a really yeah. nice guy. Yeah. yeah. That's. I don't know why people ever take him. I, well, I, you know, I was listening yeah. to some of his podcasts. He's great. He's actually. He said he'd come do this. Sometime. Time yeah, us, he's so. great. He's uh, awesome. I love yeah. him. I owe him a lot. He got me in there. I owe him a lot. That's it's really cool to hear you say that about him and what you said about Joe and like it sounds like you really appreciate people who were there for you early on and Oh, uh, absolutely. Like that's how this whole thing works, right? It's like people help each other out. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why, you know, that's what it is. It's comics like a lot of the time you guess stuff, it's comics getting comic stuff. When I did uh, the spot on Letterman, it wasn't I didn't have an agent get me that or a manager get me that audition. It was Emily Heller and Adam Conover and they yeah. were, and they thought I was funny and I was friends with them and they were asked recommendations who can do the show that can try out for, for Letterman. And they, I guess they gave my name yeah. and I did it. I auditioned and it worked out. That's, I did that audition. I did not think in a million years I would get that. That's so cool though. I mean like that's something that, you know, that time has passed. Like people yeah. can't do Letterman anymore. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 No, I, I'm thankful for it all. And whenever I think about it, I'm thankful for it. It's nuts. I did put it this way. The point that I'm at now, which I would consider myself working comic, when I first was going to go up, I didn't never think in a million years I'd get to this point. Yeah. I yeah. thought I'll just do this and then whatever. I I was so insecure. I was like, 
I don't even know if I can do this. I want to try it. I love it, but I don't know what's going to happen. And I didn't even think I would be like all the TV stuff. Didn't think that would happen. Never in a yeah. million years. Yeah. So what was it? What was the TV stuff like for you? I mean, like what was that experience? Like, how, I mean, did that change things for you after? Did people recognize you on the street and thing? And like, no, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no, not really. Well, here, you know where I get recognized the most from in the city is cellar people like once I, when I first started working in the cellar, especially because you work there a lot when you first start working there. So people would be like, Oh, cellar. Um, I would get recognized, uh, true TV stuff. People recognize you a lot cause they play those over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's like you almost, if you're not famous, you have to like be beaten into people's heads. Mm. Um, so and you, you are an every man, you know, like yeah, you, there's yeah. a million people that look like you yeah, in a good yeah, way. Like yeah, it's a yeah. great thing. Yeah. Uh, like sometimes I'll see lately more. I've noticed like people, I've seen people like Sometimes you never know. If somebody does a double take in New York. You're like, well, they could just be a weirdo, or they could be, they could recognize me for some for some random thing. And I've had both happen. I've well, had, I told like, you the other night you came on my TV on Broad City, which uh, which I loved. My yeah. wife, my wife's been rewatching them. Uh, oh, really? The, the the cop scene. Yeah, it was a cop. That's was... what I try out for all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I try out for cop or fireman or, yeah. or carpenter. Yeah. Or or just f- fat Nick. Are you good at any of those things? Like, could you <laughs> could you build a carpenter? cabinet? No, not even <laughs> no, not even close. You have calloused hands. No, I have very dainty, sensitive. <laughs> you just mentioned I hold, delicate skin. The beginning I, yeah, right. I hold a microphone hands for a living. Yeah, uh, but yeah, dude. I uh, to what you were saying before. I'm sorry, I forgot. What was I saying before? Oh, TV experience, like the general yeah, experience of it all. Like things like Letterman. Like back, if it was back in the day, the Letterman the next day, I, I would probably get stopped in the street. I did get stopped in the street a few times right after it aired. Like but, you, but you met Letterman, right? And like, I met Letterman, and and then also he was way more genuine than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. I figured thirty years of doing that, he'd be like, "Okay, thank you, all mm-hmm. right," and kind of brush was it that, off. Did you do the couch was, at all, or not? It wasn't that kind of thing. No, he came over. He, he came, he over, came okay. over when I was done, and was like, "The show was ending," and he was like, "Thank you." Like I was like, I can usually I think I, I can smell BS on people, and he was on, honestly thankful. Like, he was like, yeah. "Thank you so much for doing it." It was really funny, and I was like, "Oh, thanks, but you know what? You like?" I'm like, "Oh." I, you're being for real right now. Like, yeah. And I was shocked at that because I'm like, oh, I figured he'd be burnt out, you know? What well, was the process of putting together a set for that? You, that it's, it was about a six-month process from the time I auditioned to the time I went up. So I've heard the people like – It like, can take a year sometimes. And you get sick of the set that you have to do for you that. Do. Right? Yeah. Oh, any late night set you get sick yeah. of. So you're literally – you're emailing back and forth. You're sending tapes back and forth until the set is exactly right. And then you get a date and you go do it. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing from the time – it was crazy. I did the audition, and I, I, I'm not just saying this to be dramatic. Like, I really, I think I even, I think I cursed during the audition, and I think I did 10 seconds of crowd work in the beginning of it. And, but also, I did that because I made a promise to myself from a previous experience that I would always do shit that way. Mm-hmm. Because, all right, I'll tell you the story if you want. Yeah. I, all right, this is, it might be some good advice. If, you, if you're an open micer and you're listening, but there's a weird way to put it, but I, all right. When I first started, like one of the auditions I had for a thing called Comics to Watch for Comedy Central, okay? And I remember people being like, it's an audition. You better stick exactly to the set you're going to do for it. They want a tight, boom, 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 boom set. And they want to see you, like, you know, be a, a professional comedian. And, and I'm like, oh my God, okay. And I, I went up and I was so nervous about sticking to that, that, five minutes that Script. I had in my head yeah. that I was going to do for it that I went up and I was like, yeah, I live in Brooklyn and I, and I got super nervous and it wasn't, wasn't me at all. And I, was, and I just, the, the wheels fell off. It was, yeah. it was terrible. I bond, it was terrible. And I was like, I made a promise to myself. I'm like, I'm never doing that again. I'm always going to be myself. If I want to comment on something in the beginning of the set, I'm going to do it. 
and I don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks. As long as you get to the set, I'm like, who cares? Mm-hmm. And the following thing I had was an audition for a TV show. It was um, this, this thing called Adam Devine's House Party. Oh, I, yeah. I don't even mm-hmm. think they do it anymore. It was, it was the first season. And I did an audition, and my friend Mike Lawrence was hosting, and I was like, all right, I'm going to try this out. I go, I went up, and I made fun of my friend. Mm-hmm. Pretends I made it in front of Mike for 10 seconds. I went to the set, and I, I didn't do crowd work or anything, but I just – I was like, I was looser than I Loose, was at the yeah. comics to watch one, and I got it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's the exact reason, but I'm like, but I felt better about myself doing it. So then when I did the Letterman one, which was shortly thereafter, same thing. I'm like, eh, I'll just treat it like a regular set, and whatever happens, happens. They're not going to give it to me anyway. Yeah. And then two weeks after that, I was in the like the Atlanta airport, and then they called me and were like, you got it, and whatever. Yeah, I was you like remember where out. you were standing? Like, like that's funny. You remember you were well, in the airport. I think I was airport. in Atlanta already. I think yeah. I was in Atlanta already, and the yeah. guy was, he called me up to be like, yeah, yeah, we love this X, Y, and Z jokes, and we want to put them as a set. I'm like, okay, I'm, yeah. How like the final set represented the what you were doing at the audition, or was it totally the audition? No, it was mostly what the audition was, except yeah. for there was probably two minutes of jokes that weren't on it. The, the audition's like seven minutes. Mm-hmm. You end up doing four or five minutes. You do five minutes. So it was only Eddie, two more minutes. Eddie Brill? No, it was um, it was this guy Ryan and uh, these other two people that were uh, that were were booking it at the mm-hmm. at the end. Eddie was gone. Eddie left. So uh, they were it was a, it was three people, the younger people that were booking it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was Ryan one of them? Ryan Williams. Yeah, yeah. I've you know watched, Ryan? I've watched him improvise. That guy's so fucking funny. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Yeah. yeah. So he was booking it with cool, and I forget the other two people's names, and I feel bad about because they were like sweethearts. But what you're saying about being yourself on stage is is so interesting because uh, yeah, like I think we're sort of at that spot where we're getting these like contest opportunities or audition opportunities, and it's yeah, I never. I, it's like I have to remind myself, have fun up there. Like, Absolutely. Like b- bring some joy to the stage because yeah. if I'm in my head trying to stick to the script, it won't it won't come across. The goal should be to kill but also to beat yourself and also realize that mo- from my experience, most people are faking it. Most yeah. people are faking whatever the people tell you about certain advice or whatever it is. Unless it's like, – they're telling – like that, that advice I told you about that audition, like – that person, that's worked for them. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, they put it in your head to be like, oh, you need a tight, a tight five, a minute, a second over. They're going to be like, well, it depends yeah. on what kind of comic you are, right? Like, I mean, it does. And I'm a looser comic. That's yeah. all fair yeah. is I'm a looser comic. If you're you a tight kind of, comic, do you kind of like have like, like some comics say like are like this exact recitation recitation recit I don't know yeah they're just yeah they're they just reciting the jokes yeah. yeah and then there's other people that um they have like like I probably do it this way you have like a general idea of what the joke is you know what the setup and the punchline is and you kind of like a, a you kind of do it in a more loose I I want to say improvisational way but like you are doing the exact joke but kind of the way that you do it might change between sets yeah uh, that's how I am. But it, mine, if I'm doing old jokes, they mostly stay the, the same way for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and then if I switch things up in the middle, it usually doesn't matter because I sound loose anyway. You know, yeah. I don't. Ha- I think if I if I think I have to say these exact words, I it'll fall apart. You yeah. also don't strike me as. I mean, I, I don't really. I haven't seen you do many long sets, but you don't strike me as the kind of person that does the same sequence of jokes exact mm. from night to night. No, when I no, I'll do. The same sequence? You mean in the same order? Yeah, same order. When I'm on the road, the, what I realized, uh, headlining on the road is a way different animal. And I real, I've been headlining for three years and I realized I have, I have not even begun to master what that is. Mm. So the way I've been figuring it out and getting by, and I have the time, 
But the way I've been getting by is like usually the first 20 minutes is usually the same thing, and that mm-hmm. kills really hard. Uh, usually, you know, uh, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. potentially. Uh, usually, the first 20 minutes, I'm like, this is a really strong 20 minutes. What the fuck do you do if you're headlining, and the first 20 minutes like really doesn't go well? Like, cause, and then you have, you're like, I'm going to have this other, what, 40 minutes or I, for me, personally plan B, you, you, you go, I go into the crowd, I go into the crowd and try to get them on board and then go back to that. And, but here's the thing. It's like for road stuff, that's some of that 20 minutes is so broad. It usually does well. Like, like, but for me, my, my safety net is like, okay, I'll go in the crowd and I'll get them that way. And if you get, if I get some goodwill that way, I can go back to either the bits I do after that 20 minutes or I can go to, depending on what time it is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So if I, if it's, if it's, if it's complete silence, which that doesn't happen, like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're headlining at that point in the beginning, like if you're, if you're going to complete silence for the first 20 minutes, you probably shouldn't be there to begin with. Mm. You should be able to handle it to the, for the most part. But it, it does happen where it's a really mediocre, it can be really mediocre and you're like, wow, this usually does way better than it's doing right now. And that's happened. And usually my thing is to loosen up. Go into them and like, like, like lead with confidence. Like fake it. Like that. Like I just said. Like literally. Like I, I found myself stepping forward on the stage and just saying things more confidently mm-hmm. and getting selling like, it. Like like um, symbolically getting in their faces, being mm-hmm. like, okay, all right, here comes crowd work, and I'm gonna get you because I'm gonna I'm gonna overpower you for X amount of time. I'm gonna get you on my board, and then I'm gonna mm-hmm. go right back to jokes, and then get into it, and then go into you know whatever. What you're talking about is some like very like. I mean, I'm not an actor. I've never been trained in that world, but I feel like that's probably stuff that like people really like go to school to learn about and shit. Is this all stuff like you just learn over the years, right? You learn over the like you, yeah. Like I've been doing it 11 years, and th- that's what I've learned at this point. Like mm-hmm. it could change tomorrow, but what I've learned is, like I said, a lot of people are faking it. Uh, also, I was telling somebody this recently. This girl that I did shows with. Uh, confidence is king. Mm-hmm. Confidence is king when, when things aren't going the best. You don't want it to be the whole thing. Like I think, you know, I'm, you don't want it to be like, oh, I'm just, I'm selling these things so hard. They're not, they're not organically funny. Yeah. Uh, and I, I probably have bits like that that I did in my act that I, that probably aren't as funny as when I'm saying them because, you know, I'm just, whatever I'm putting on them to like sell it to you is, is getting more of a laugh than it would if you just heard me recite it, just regular voice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So confidence, I, what I've learned is confidence is king. Yeah. That whole stepping into the audience thing, it seems it works. Like, it, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I learned it over time. I learned like you learn from trial and error. You learn, mm-hmm. you guys know because you've done tons of sets. Like you learn from like, Oh wow. Like I, body language is matters. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they, like, or you're getting, or you're the point where you get fed up and you go, I'm not going to let the, like I had a set, I'll give you an example. And it's an experience driven story because I did a set at Laugh Boston, which is an awesome club in Boston. Mm-hmm. And I did a weekend there and the late show Saturday sometimes can be a really drunk show. Late show Friday is the, is the comedians like, uh, that's like everybody tells you before you go on yeah. the road, they're like late show Friday, late show Friday. And it's true for the most part. But this was late Saturday. I had a great weekend and 
It's one of those things where as they were coming in, I saw like they were loaded. Mm-hmm. So I made a pledge to myself. I'm like, I'm not going to let these people get an inch. So I went out there just swinging. I was like, yeah. nope. And I went and I just goofed on them, did a joke, but loud and in their face, mm-hmm. over, oh, like almost over, almost on top of them, like overpowering it, like boom, boom, boom. And then what happens is if you get them hard enough, they'll give you a little bit of leeway to, to just settle down and start telling whatever jokes you want to tell. And then, but I wasn't even letting anybody, I could see, I saw a guy, the minute I got out there, a guy was yawning. Yeah. This guy, one guy was looking the other way. I was like, not going to happen. Yeah. And I'm too tired from this entire weekend yeah. to have this be a thing. So I think, and the reason I'm telling you that story is because that's experience. Yeah. I, that would, yeah. me two years ago, I probably would have been like, what? What? You know, I probably yeah. would have been way more demure and way more like not getting it. You know? Yeah. Well, you have like a very like joyful attack. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's also the flip side of it is that I can get away with saying stuff because pe- nobody takes me seriously. No, but if I start yelling at you, you're not going to be like, "Oh my god, this guy's actually mad." That does yeah. happen, yeah. and then it can hurt, ruin a set, and I've had that happen where people like they're taking it, they're like especially well, you, Midwest. You have the whole vibe of like some dude that you'd have like a like beer ten, with. Be- 10 beers with. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. when I'm watching you, I feel like my favorite cousin came to Christmas <laughs> and it's just like just holding court. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's obviously jokes. I mean, there's a thousand jokes in there, but it doesn't feel like, oh, he's like setting me up for this surprise of emotion. Yeah. It's like really fun and conversational. Like I actually, you know, because we watch so much comedy that it's it's hard to sometimes just have fun watching somebody of course, perform. Yeah. And I always enjoy it. You know, I, I always ask people this. Um, you know, with with some with all the stuff that you're doing in comedy, what is your what does your life look like? Like how much how much of it is comedy? How much of it is just trying to like be a uh, like a regular human being? Like uh, how does that how does that end up? You have a look on your face like <laughs> like is that a well, thing? That's that, a, it's do you have time for that or like what? You know, I I uh, no uh, I've tried, uh, but most of it's comedy. Yeah. So literally, most of them during during the week is comedy. The weekends you're going away for comedy. I have my days free, but as far as like, I've tried in the past couple of years to make more time to do like normal and human stuff. But and by try, I mean I take taking Sundays off and mm-hmm. like having dinner with my wife or whatever it is. But like, I'm not. There's not like big stretches where I'm taking off, and I probably should have. Mm-hmm. I probably should. But then if you take, I don't know about you guys, but you take three days off, you're like you're itching to get back to yeah. doing comedy. So mm-hmm. it's like, I think what it is is. Comedy can kind of screw you over because what happens is you love it, but when you start doing it seriously, with it, which is every day of the week or as many days as you can when you first start, you try to do it every day and it turns out to be like four days a week, five days a week, going up multiple times a night at open mics, whatever books, whatever shows you get booked for, you lose your regular life friends. And that's, yeah. that, that's happened to me. And now I'm at the uh, – I come full circle where I'm trying to regain those relationships again. Where you, t- I'm contacting, you reach out to Booger again. I reach out to Booger. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I pick Booger's nose for him. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but what you're doing is you're – I'm now – I get to the point where there's no contact and I realize it and you get sad about it and you go back to full full circle where you're like, I have, I have to get some kind of normal life stuff. And that's where the normal life stuff comes mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. who I'm contacting. Yeah. But I'm still basing everything around spots. Yeah. Like if you me if you told me, hey, I really I want to get dinner with you, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I have I have a spot here, and then we can go after. Like everything goes around spots. Yeah. yeah. And I get mad about that sometimes, but I it's I uh, it's just that's the way it is. So at your level, how many spots uh, are you doing a night? Um, I try to do if on a typical night, if I'm hosting at the cellar or if I'm doing a spot at the cellar, I try to do at least I try to do two a night. 
Mm-hmm. I try to do. I shoot for like I'll shoot for as many as I can. But with housing in the cellar, it, uh, I, that can it can get tricky. Because is it is it better to just have a set because you don't have to be there the entire show necessarily? Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's good money to. It's I'll take whatever the cellar gives me because yeah. it's the best club. Yeah, and uh, it's really good money, and they've been very good to me the past three years. Like I have I haven't gone I haven't gone two weeks without spot. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they they're amazing. So yeah. it's like one of those things where I'm like I'll do whatever, and I'm good yeah. at that. I'm good at hosting, so it's like whatever. And then, but it also afforded me the right to be like, okay, I'll, I'll just won't host anywhere else. So any other spots I get, I go, and I'm able to try new stuff, and I'm able to do whatever. So yeah, I'd rather just do a spot. Yeah, but I like working at the comedy cellar, yeah, and they'll course. give me both, but it's mostly hosting. Um, I I, I don't know, like. I think it's pretty clear we're going through like some kind of like comedy bubble. Like there's the interest. Uh, is, it's been like that for a bit. Yeah, yeah. and, and there's, the interest is really spiked. And also, there's a lot of these shows out there now that like crashing and other things like that, where they are kind of trying to um, have a show around the idea of like what it's like to be a comedian. But it's also like I'd be interested if you've ever watched any of those. I find it like. Like I like the show, but I'm also like that's so unrealistic. There's no way you're hanging out with those people and doing all that stuff. Well, no one's gonna be like, "Hey, you're an amateur comic. Do you want to do a spot at the cellar?" Because the person didn't show up. You know, that's not. They have happen. that as one of the plots. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, but it's not. Oh, but it was at it was at the other club. It wasn't at the it, maybe it was a village underground, but it was still like the same kind of. Well, I'll tell you. Yeah, I took the opposite approach. Yeah, I like that show. You're yeah. talking about crashing in yeah. general. Yeah, crashing. I like a lot, and I'll tell you why. Because I had the opposite thought. Like. Uh, maybe not that spot thing, yeah. but you know what it is though. But they have to put regular comedy in it, and yeah, like, of course, they of course. can't. The show's not about open mics. If the show was about open mics, to be honest, that'd be a great idea for a show. They should do a show about the open yeah, mic world. Yeah, but this guy's is a, at a level where he's he doesn't really have. He's any barking, part. and yeah. he's there like you want to do like a spot the, here. The most realistic part for me is is him barking and and doing the the Boston quote unquote comedy club that doesn't actually exist, but. Yeah, but they what at the Village Underground? They said you want to go up. Yeah, yeah, they're like, hey, the guy wasn't here, and so. Uh, yeah, I think, but you know what? It's a TV show. Yeah. But like, but but you're, but you're right. But I'll tell you. But they do realistic pretty well because the part there's a part where, <laughs> where him and TJ Miller are out in like the suburbs. Yeah. And he's like, what was this? Like you were out here, and it's like like this, and everybody's just like regular job and stuff. And he's like, yeah. He's like, must be nice. Like I've thought that. Like yeah, I've mm-hmm. I've had friends of mine tell me that about their job. I'm like. I must be nice. Like mm. I thought that from yeah. doing com- after doing comedy a long time. So there's a lot of a lot of realistic moments and like in that show. I think yeah, from do after- you ever do you ever start thinking about like uh what when like do you ever feel so demoralized? What, what day I'm gonna quit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like is it do you ever? Because I was saying uh, to them earlier, like I've I've driven some people home after gigs, like people much further along than me, and they'll they'll just start openly talking about how much they hate the business and how much they need to get out of it. I think uh, that's just I think that's a badge of honor almost. I think mm-hmm. most people. You're right. Most people do it. Did I do that on our way back? No, from, you weren't one of them. Uh, I think no, we just no, talked you, about comedy. You right? gave me a lot of like very also, useful, constructive like. Oh, did I? Uh, like suggestions. Well, I'll tell you, that show, I also had a good set on that show. That's probably why I didn't do that <laughs> because I, that show was really fun. Mm-hmm. But if I had, a, if I had a set that I didn't like, even if it would have went well and it was, but it was work or something, yeah. I probably would have been like, fuck this. Yeah, this yeah, I'm yeah. done with it. You know, yeah. whatever. So, uh, do I think about, I think about that all the time. Yeah. I think I'm almost 40. So I think I'm like, eh, you know, cause when I'm talking about the, the age thing before, I'm like, the acting thing is the thing that, I go out things now that are like 30 to 50. I'm like, cool, I'm good for another 10 years. Mm-hmm. But like comedy, 
stand up, I always want to do it, but I also don't. I want to do do it on my terms. Yeah. And right yeah. now, it's technically on my terms, but I don't want to ever do it where I'm like, I, I'm I'm the minute I'm bitter about it or I'm mad about it or I'm not having a good time is when I'll just stop. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's keep you keep your dignity. Yeah. Keep your dignity. Uh, I want to. I just want to mention a couple of things you did tell me on that drive that it, I'll just sort of hint at them. And if it's not something you want to share publicly, then we won't. But yeah. uh, they're just wisdom things. One was you should have a small group of people you can say anything to. Absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Well, 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 be, actually, that's a great topic. Because, sum up what you were saying. Well, you know, this actually is really relevant right now because, you know, Facebook is such a cesspool at this point. And mm-hmm. I think it's so funny. Everybody's on Facebook, but then when you talk to them, it's almost like Trump and Facebook are the same mm-hmm. because minute, like everybody knows Trump and Trump's everybody's president. But then you talk about everybody rolls their eyes. But it's mm-hmm. like, all right, who are these people that love this guy then? Because nobody wants to talk about it. Same thing with Facebook. People are like, oh, I'm on Facebook. I got to get off Facebook. But, yeah. but, but everybody's on it all the time. Yeah. And there's these comics that will like – first off, some comics just take themselves way too freaking seriously. But besides that, there's some comics that will pontificate about comedy or talk shit about the business. First off, but they probably have no place in doing it because they're nowhere in the business. That's usually the reason why. And But it's like haven't you learned – the golden rule, it's like you, you, you shut your mouth online mm-hmm. and you talk shit with your friends, mm-hmm. your close friends that aren't going to tell anybody yeah. that uh, what you just said. Right, right. <laughs> so you don't look like the bitter comic. Right. There's comics out there I know of multiple guys I'm friends with. They're known as the bitter comics. Yeah. That's not helping them. They're the trying to turn love. into their persona. It's not helping you to do that. Yeah. Like even if you think it's helping you and you're like, oh, no, this will get it. This is my edge. This is my thing. This, it's like it's not. It's yeah. not doing it because it's not – like it's one of those things where it's like – the thing I get annoyed about is, is like when people complain about their careers where it's like everybody feels the way you do. Everybody's in the same boat. It doesn't matter. It's like also when they're like, oh, well, this guy, they'll talk about, you know, like a guy recently, I won't say his name, but he posted about Amy Schumer, mm-hmm. like demanding $20 million. Mm-hmm. The article was about that. And she didn't do that, first mm-hmm. of all. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it's like, and I wrote beneath his status, I wrote, aren't you still a comic? Yeah. Why are you shitting on another comic? Yeah. Also, she has no idea who you are. You're a non-factor. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you a blogger yeah. or a comic? Are right. you a commenter or are you a comic? Like, yeah. what are you? Like, it's supposed to be a community. And you know what? If you're mad that Amy Schumer is famous, like, first off, she is a hardworking, funny comic. Like, and also... She deserves the twenty million just based off the comments on her Instagram alone. If you had to be her and oh, deal God, with the yeah. shit she puts up yeah, with, yeah. What, what, what people say about her that they're not yeah. going to say about a male comic. I'm sorry, that might sound like a feminist thing to say, but it's true. You're not going to get guys talk about. Uh, uh, nobody's going to talk about Chris Rock's appearance. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, gained a little bit of pudge on there. With, <laughs> right, that's not going right, to happen. Yeah. So, so give her forty million for that. How about <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. But, but on top of that, what it is is this: like, if you're you commenting on there, it, it, it's a non-factor. It doesn't matter. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to help your career. It's just yeah. going to make people dislike you more and not want to book you. And it's probably a waste of energy. Yeah. And if there's, and you know what? I'll tell you. There's comics that aren't as funny as other ones that get big stuff and become famous. It happens. It's been happening for years. It's always been a thing. It's mm-hmm. not new. And guess what? Sometimes life isn't fair. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a golden, my dad used to say that all the time. Yeah. Life's not fair sometimes. What are you mm-hmm. going to do? Suck it up. You're an adult. It sounds like what you're saying is, uh, don't waste your time complaining and do the work. Bottom line of what I was just saying. Yeah. Don't waste your time complaining. Keep your head down and get funnier. Yeah. Don't worry about other people's careers. It's very hard to do. Yeah. Everybody gets jealous. 
but try to put blinkers on or blinders on and and blinkers is a horse thing <laughs> uh and uh and just keep your head down and and, and get funnier yeah like it's like you better if you're gonna talk that much shit you better be amazing yeah and then you know uh i guess uh the the other thing you mentioned in the car ride was like to make it sustainable, make your career sustainable at this for young people like younger comics. I'm not a young person, but young, new, newer comics. You were kind of talking about just find what works for you, like work a nine to five, do a few mics a night and find the right balance of. Sure. I, I kind of forget how you were pitching it. But. Well, uh, I don't remember this, but I think you well, I think if you're going to dive into comedy, you need to go up every night. Yeah. But I think you have to. Yeah, make it what works for you. Like, don't make it where... Oh, well, you know what I probably were talking about was... Um, don't make it where you're... The point where you're like, oh, I'm going to make money off comedy the, the low down under the table ways where it's like, I'm running a bringer show. Right, or I'm running... Right. I'm charging people for mics and I'm not... I'm, I'm keeping all the money. Like, yeah, then that... In that world, yeah, get a nine to five and just go do mics. Just be a yeah. comic. Yeah. Like, don't don't worry about being... Worry about yourself. Don't 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 worry about being like you have to work in comedy while you're doing the comedy. Right. Makes no sense. It's only going to hurt you. Just develop your act. In my opinion, this is all in my opinion. Yeah. Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming out and giving us your opinion. Thank you so much. Thanks yeah. for having me, guys. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, it's like one of those ones where you're always like, we could go a lot longer. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is fun. And it's good to hear all this stuff from an authority who yeah. does does is a professional. Well, professional. I'll, I'll I'll give you that. But I also, you know what? I'm not a I'm not a vet like I'm not 30 years in I'm not whatever it is yeah. so I, this is all within my experience so far and this is my po I try to have as much of a down to earth yeah. position as I can like there's lots of stuff I don't know I'm just same way I'm just trying to get funny yeah yeah well, we love you man thanks for doing the show thank yeah, you for you having want, me do you plug anything before you take it yeah yeah big time can I plug my podcast yeah. absolutely yeah uh, defend your movie where people come on and defend a movie they love that nobody else does like a guilty pleasure it's on the Showbiz Studios uh, network and uh, we have an episode. So every Friday it comes out. That's a great topic it's on iTunes. for a podcast. I love it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Sean. Uh, I'm Sweet T. I'm Sweet P. And you've been listening to the Comics Table. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>